Welcome to Melanin and Magic. I'm Asavia. And I'm Alyssa. Join us as we learn, explore, and discuss the world of witchcraft and our lives as Black witches. Yeah. So, we're back. Welcome back to our show. Hello, hello. We are happy to be back with episode we're on six, right? Episode six, yes. And happy That's Chinese a huge New milestone. Year. Chinese New Year. Don't forget that. <laughs> oh, yeah. They say to call it Lunar New Year because right. it's celebrated more than just in China. I didn't know that. So. But I grew up. <laughs> it's okay. It's really hard to break habits. Like when you grow up, I know. it's called Chinese New Year. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, I, it's very like American, supposedly, to call it that, which makes sense. Uh, but I recently came across like a post that was like, this is why you should call it Lunar New Year. And I was makes like, sense. oh, that makes it falls sense too. Yeah. I literally said in like when I posted, I was like, does it always fall on the new moon? Is it like a, is it like, that like a thing? And totally yeah, is. Yeah, that's why it's the Lunar New Year. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> they don't tell you that. <laughs> I know. We need, we should learn more about that in school. I know, right? They, I mean, I guess they're very one-sided. Anyway. Yeah. But we'll go in depth on that maybe in a future episode. <laughs> maybe. We'll do a moon episode or something. The moon has a lot yeah. going on. You know what I realized? And I'm going to talk about this on the show because I feel like no one on the show will care. You know what I realized today is, is that my period is synced up with the moon cycle. <laughs> I mean, that kind of I would say that kind of makes sense, but the reason why it makes sense to me is because of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I'm dying. <laughs> and how and and how Katara bloodbended and and shit. So that's why that makes sense no, to me. No more on the full moon. Oh my gosh! But yes, we are back, and we have an exciting episode for y'all this time around. Uh. At first, it was going to be love goddesses, but the two goddesses that we picked were so much more than about love. So this episode will be just about them uh, and where they're from, what they represent. I mean, they're still love goddesses. It's just all love goddesses. Yeah, but there's so much more than that. I feel like all love goddesses do more than just love god things. It's just like what they're That's known true. for. It's just like the umbrella that they're known for is being like a love goddess. That's um, true. Basically, we just wanted to do this because, you know, Valentine's Day is this weekend. We thought, why not? Why not mm-hmm. try and coincide with what's going on in the world? So we're talking about, oh. so I'm going to be talking about Oshun. He is a Yorubian goddess. Is it Yorubian or Yoruban? Yoruban. There's no I. Yeah. But yes, please tell me more about. Well, I feel like I always uh, start. I feel like you should oh, start. Okay. You want me to start? Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll gladly start. I'll start. <laughs> Let's switch it up. <laughs> okay, I'll gladly start. Uh, I, uh, when we first thought of like doing this episode, I was trying to find a goddess that wasn't talked about that often because you know everyone talks about Aphrodite, yeah, slash Venus, and like the more europeanized uh gods mm-hmm. and goddesses um 
so I decided to go in depth and research more about uh Hathor, whose name is if I say it correctly in Egyptian uh pro- ancient Egyptian pronunciation is is oh wait, hold on give me a minute, is Hutor. Um and I was influenced to pick this because I've been playing a bunch of Assassin's Creed and I happened to play the Egyptian one. Um oh, I and I found some Egyptian one. Yes, I highly recommend it. She did not come up, well, at least from right now, she did not come up in the game. She might come up in the game later. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is the horned cow goddess of love. But she's also the deity of happiness, dance, and music. And she's a protector of women and fertility. So she is, like, super... She has a big umbrella of things that she... uh covers right um yeah and she's um one source that i found is from egyptian hyphen witchcraft and so she's one of the most well known and loved figures of the ancient egyptian pantheon um like isis is big but she's like bigger like she was before uh isis one second, my dog is crying for attention. Odin. I what thought he was asleep. I thought he was sleeping. He was around. asleep. Oh my he was God. asleep. And then he heard me talking. And oh now he's my like, gosh. Attention? No. Attention? Odin. No attention. <laughs> You're going to go to grandpa. Come on. Go to grandpa. Uh, so she's one of the most well known and loved figures in the ancient Egyptian pantheon. Like, Isis was big, but she was, like, bigger. And a lot of... uh, One of the most well-preserved temples in Egypt is to her. And it's, like, 40,000 squared meters big. And it's so well-preserved, and it's huge. And I believe... It's like the largest preserved temple in all of Egypt. And it was just for her, which is fucking awesome. Oh, that's some that's some, uh, so it's just her temple? Yeah. And it's only it's only devoted to her. I think it's in I wrote it down. It's in It's in Den Dendera, I think I'm saying correctly. It's the capital of the sixth Nome, which is like a province of Upper Egypt. Mm. Yeah, it covers forty thousand square meters, and that that like city was her like hub. That's where a lot of celebrations and uh, worshiping happened. Like she was like, you know how like Athens has Athena in Greece. Yeah, yeah. Ocean has For a city her- too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't what know. I mean, it? a city or a town. I don't really know if it's a. Does it qualify as a city? <laughs> I don't know how, if but, there are a specific number of people that need to live there for it to qualify as a city. But Oso, Oshagbo, Nigeria. Nigeria. Is her, yeah. Yes, that's her. That's her town. Those are, that's it's her so, land. <laughs> it's so interesting how all of these like deities spread throughout many pantheons are like hyper worshipped in one specific area. Mm-hmm. Like they're worshipped all throughout, but like there's one like city that like focuses on on 
the specific deity. So, like, Athens was Athena. I believe Sparta was Ares, the god of war. I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, And then you got Dendera for Hathor, and then Oshegbo? Oh. Is that what you said? Oshogbo. Oshogbo. Yes. uh, That sounds right. We apologize for our butcher of pronunciations, but we're trying. American. Okay. You're. I know. We don't know much. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) Uh, Let me see what else do I have. Oh, yeah. So she is described as being a woman with a sun disc and two cow horns sitting on her head. So she is known as, like, the cow goddess. Maybe it's because of, like, the process of life of cows, possibly. I'm not... I didn't really find why she was represented by a cow and, like, what her manifestation is. Like, why the cow? I'm not too sure. I assume it's probably because of the resources and stuff a cow provides, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like, that makes sense to me. Um, But I'm not... I'm not too certain. I, if you guys know, please let me know because I would love to know why she's represented as a cow and what made her this way. You know, like what? Because, you know, a lot of these gods have like origin stories. I yeah. couldn't really find her origin story fully. Um, I know that she is like, they say that she's the mother of Horus, but they also say Isis is the mother of Horus. I think her and Isis like intertwine. Yeah, they get intertwined. Probably. Sometimes. Yeah, I think so. Probably because they both are the same. They both cover like similar aspects. Um, Hathor is just like the predecessor. If I like read that correctly, she's like the predecessor of Isis. Super interesting. Oh, something else that I found really interesting. Um, in one of the myth stories, and like it's pretty well known that she's known to take the identity of other deities so one like super well-known example yeah one super well-known example is apparently with uh the goddess sekhmet who i is like she's like a god of war type thing um so basically she turn she gets upset at the way the egyptians are worshiping ra and so she turns into sekhmet to basically punish people and uh and like vanquish their enemies and stuff to preserve like worship for Sekhmet um and the only way that they uh for Ra sorry the only way that they could turn her back to being uh Hathor is by giving her milk uh and she drinks the milk and turns back into Hathor oh my gosh I guess that has something to do with the representation of her being a cow as well probably but i wonder if she was always represented by a cow like prior to that or if that was like the defining moment that defined her as like a cow i couldn't really like find that Mm -hmm. let me see what else i found oh yeah she's okay wait so what are her like um what are her things again what? What things? What a she's like love, but what else? Oh yeah, she's love, 
happiness, dance, music, uh, protector of women and like fertility. And she also is a little bit represented with like sex. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Over, which I think a lot is pretty common. Here. Yeah. With ocean. Yeah. She's synonymous with Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me. Like, I guess because, you know, like the Romans took over Egypt at one point and stuff. So they probably just took. Yeah. I mean, like, they, they probably shared, merged. Yeah. They shared a lot of uh, myths and stories. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like. I can see. It's like the, the uh, Aphrodite Venus thing that they just have different names. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she basically touched every single area of ancient Egyptian life, which is probably why she was worshipped on such like a huge scale because she had so many categories and they prayed to her for like everything. That makes sense, yeah. And the queen of Egypt identified closely with her due to being the mother of of pharaohs. Uh, Like, because, you know, like, the Egyptian queen would give birth to a pharaoh and uh, Hathor was said to be the mother of Horus. So that's probably why, like, because Horus is huge in the ancient Egyptian pantheon. Mm -hmm. So I guess they felt like they connected to her because they they too were giving birth to, like, royalty, you know? Yeah. Does she have any uh, celebrations that are, like, still practiced right now? Um, I don't think so. I didn't really find that, but I'm going to say no, because I think a lot of the practices from ancient Egypt kind of, like, unfortunately died out because of, uh, you know, the Romans took over Egypt. Like, I think a lot of their ancient culture, like was erased granted i'm sure there probably are people out there that still practice um celebrations to the ancient egyptian deities but i don't think it's at the larger scale that it was back then and if i'm wrong please let me know because i would love to learn more about the people that are still practicing um ancient egyptian religion but i i'm not 100 percent percent certain i think it's it's not that widely practiced compared to like the yoruban religions for example are still so heavily uh prevalent in like their culture and like nigeria and and i believe ghana um religion is still practiced like as it as it was in i want to say in nigeria i I mean i think as it I mean, as much as as it was, as it could be, you know, modern day, whatnot. But then mm-hmm. there's this whole other aspect of like the di- the, the, the the diaspora, and mm-hmm. basically how um, in Trinidad, for example, they have Obey, o- Obea, which is mm-hmm. which is basically their version of the European European practice then there's voodoo which is also a branch mm-hmm. of it and then there's santeria which is also a branch yes of it. so it's like so interesting i think that it could still be practiced even mm-hmm. though they tried to put out the fire 
I know. I I I wish. I mean, I I hope that it did. That the ancient Egyptian like practices are still somewhat around, and the worship for the ancient Egyptian deities are still around. But like, they're, yeah, they're I don't think just incorporated into other things. Probably, and it's also probably it could be in a uh, super small like not really tribes, but it could be like in the more native peoples of Egypt if they if they're out there I'm not too sure about how I know a lot of Egypt is heavily Muslim now Mm -hmm. um so maybe that could be another reason why it like didn't it's not heavily prevalent because of uh the presence and the power of Islam through uh the Middle East right it's still okay yeah well um do you have anything else do you, any, do you have see. any stories that you want to add but i know you said you couldn't find an origin story but... uh let me feel it feel it Ooh, something it's not really like a story but something i found really interesting is that she also had like a strong connection to like the dead mm. and like the passage of the dead into uh the duat, which is basically uh like their afterlife? I wouldn't say underworld. Yeah, like the afterlife. Yeah. Um so like she was mentioned in the book of the dead and she collaborated with souls in the afterlife. So she was able to cross between the boundary between the living and the duat. And she was heavily like associated with the with the burial process, and like the funerary process of people that passed. So, because she, she was able to cross that boundary, so she helped right. uh, the souls cross over uh, to the other side. Um, and something really interesting that I found was like this was from Wikipedia, and I'm sure they probably had a reputable source that said it, but. Apparently, like, the afterlife had, like, a sexual aspect to it. What? So, yeah. So, like, Osiris, who was a heavily prevalent god over the dead, mm-hmm. basically, like, slept with Isis to birth Horus, which is, like, another origin story of Horus. And then Ra had a union with the sky goddess, which allowed his own rebirth. So, like, sex enabled the process of rebirth of the deceased oh okay i understand yeah which was so cool i was like oh that's awesome so like hathor and isis because they're kind of intertwined serve to rouse the deceased to a new life but instead of like actual resurrection basically they would like simulate the male goddesses and their regenerative regenerative powers um, and Hathor apparently ruled over the afterlife, similarly to how Osiris did. Oh, so she's kind of like a Hecate. I think so. Yeah. I think so. That's basically what it seemed like. Like, she seemed to have the roles. And she she also reminded me of Hermes. Because Hermes can is like, because he's like the messenger god, he's super easy, easily able to pass between the underworld and like olympus and stuff like that so i think she had that similar 
ability to like cross over back and forth between the god plane, I guess, and the duat. I have a book on Osiris mm-hmm. when I really do think we should do an episode on like the dead or something like that. Because I have a book on Osiris that Ooh, I really want to yeah. like crack open Let's and like it. go in and read. Okay, good. <laughs> Especially because this piqued my interest and in how like because she's a goddess of like love, happiness, and birth and like fertility and stuff. She also is connected to the dead, which is like cool. You like she's what? connected to all cycles of life. I'm not even surprised by that because even. Oshun, like basically they have like stories about her being like yeah she's the goddess of love and she brings life but don't don't get don't get on her bad side because she will she will also kill a bunch of you guys <laughs> yeah that's similarly how uh Hathor was with Sekhmet like they there's uh some like stories that say they're like two sides of the same coin right like like Sekhmet is like her bad side oh and like Hathor is like her good side. I this is one thing I love about like old gods and like deities. Um, is that they're very human. Like they have human mm-hmm. aspects. Like, like they're not so perfect that they don't have flaws. You know. <laughs> yeah, there, there's like you said, there's like a human aspect that makes me think of like. Even the Greeks with their gods, too, they had that type of human. Like, they were personified in, like, human ways. Like, look yeah. at the Iliad. Like, it's Like, how, how they were so invested. And, like, understandable. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I can get that. Like, I would react in a similar fashion. <laughs> yeah. Look at Hera and how pissed she would get every time Zeus would cheat on her. Right. And she would, would fuck some... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I think they give that quality to make it easier to worship, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think that's you what it was. You can identify more with them, with, uh, mm-hmm. with like, different bonds, you know, depending on your yeah. walk of life. Yeah. Exactly. What did you find about Ocean? So much. Okay, so let's start. I'll start with Ocean. <laughs> okay. Um. So first off, I mean, I'll just start with, like, okay, so Ocean is the goddess, the Orisha, um... Of like she has a river. I'm pretty sure she has a river named after her in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is her like one of her main things is she's associated with this river water, um, and so from that she's associated with purity, fertility, love, and sensuality. And she's mm-hmm. considered one of the most powerful of all the the Orishas, and she um, also has human at ad- human attributes. Such as vanity, jealousy, and spite. Hmm. And I'm like, girl, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> she must we be. All a, she must that. be a Leo. <laughs> Maybe. Ooh, wait. That just reminded me of something. So there's like correspondences for Hathor, and her zodiac correspondence is Leo and Taurus. Ooh. Okay, I can totally mm-hmm. see that actually. Yeah, I don't know if mm-hmm. Ushun has a correspondent, but if I had to say after I go through everything, I I think you'll agree that it is probably Leo. She might have a little water. <laughs> she actually it might be Leo, but she also probably has a water sign in there because the emotion girl. <laughs> <laughs> Carly, I have a question. Is she? I don't know. I know there's a Yamaya. Is that an Orisha? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I I found different things, but I'm pretty sure Yamaya is like her daughter. That would make sense. Okay. Yes. 
Um, so what actually, so it's really funny because she, Oshun, is one of the youngest of the, um, of the Orishas. And she was also one of the original 17 that was created when they need to create the world. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and she was also the only woman that was created. Out of those 17? Out of the original 17, yeah. Wow. So so in this particular myth where um, Olodumar created these original 17 and sent them to Earth to make it, you know, habitable, um, there was, she was, all of them, all the ones were male. Now, I'm not going to tell you, I don't know which ones these were because I didn't look into it because I didn't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> At this pre- present moment, I was, I just want to know about Oshun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and apparently they all failed to populate the earth. And then they were like, Oshun, um, can you help us? And she was like, yes, I'll help because you guys are failures. And she brought forth her sweet and powerful waters and brought the earth and humanity into existence. So by this myth, we wouldn't exist without her. So thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) And also that's why she's the goddess of like fertility. (laughs) Because she really just like brings life to this, this planet. Um. She's supposed to be married to this other Osha, uh, Shango, who is the god of thunder. And I was like, mm. that's very cool. But, I mean, he's mm. she's not his only wife. I think she he has other wives. But that's, like, who she's, like, tied to in terms of love. But she commonly has other... She also commonly has other lo- lovers because she's so beautiful and sensual that she can't be tied down. Can't stop her. Can't <laughs> hold her down. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, as I was saying earlier, there's another story that says, like, you know, she was angered and she flooded the earth and destroyed a bunch of crops <laughs> and caused a bunch of uh, droughts by withholding her, wa- her waters. And then, mm. you know, once she was appeased, then she she was like, all right, you guys, oh, somebody's music. Good song. Um, I can I can hear it too. <laughs> I was like, I haven't heard that song in a while. Is that Eminem? <laughs> um, yes, and then she would save the earth from destruction. And I was like, yes, I love it. Show your power. Um, I want to talk really quickly about the Yoruba, where she stands in terms of like the diaspora. She's one of the most powerful deities and i have heard her name uh over and over since beyonce dropped lemonade to be quite oh, yeah. honest because everyone kept comparing beyonce in uh hold up when she was wearing that mm-hmm. yellow dress everyone compared mm-hmm. her to oshun and i never really looked into her because everyone was comparing beyonce to her <laughs> mm-hmm. but i feel like this has been a long time coming because i've been i've been hearing her name in, like over and over again and she's been gaining a lot of popularity in mm-hmm. terms of like she people had. researching her um so in for example in um afro-cubans they synchronized her with another catholic saint called the lady of charity and this was one of those is this santeria yes this is one of those like mergings uh. in terms of like they need they wanted to still do 
uh, Yerubin practices, but to abide by Catholic, yeah, you know, oversights. So yeah, yeah, she is associated with this Lady of Charity because of mm. her beauty, femininity, love, and sensuality. I thought that was interesting. Interesting. I've always wanted to look into Santeria more. Because, like, I, you know, in, in the Dominican Republic, I know that they do practice, like, there's Roman Catholicism there, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, like, I think that was, like, one of the bigger religions there. But I'm pretty sure that there was also Santeria practice there. Like, I'm pretty sure my family practiced Santeria way back when. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm always intrigued to hear about like Santeria. Uh, you told and, me should look into and their it, practices. As far as my research tells me, basically these are like Voodoo, Santeria, and in Trinidad, Obea, um, mm-hmm. are all basically branches of uh, the Yoruban religion, um, but they are also close practices in meaning you have to learn from someone else and be initiated Mm -hmm. as like a priestess Mm -hmm. or something to really be like a part of the religion to really say that you're a part of it to claim yeah i yeah that makes sense i would never like just do it and be like oh yeah i practice santeria i had like i have family members that practice like like cousins that practice but i i wouldn't i don't know if they are like like you said like they were I guess initiated into the practice, but I think it's more like I think it's more like learning from a person, like rather than doing your own research. Doing your own research, like there's gonna still be stuff. Like even when looking at Oshun, like there's gonna be things that you're not gonna find because it's a closed practice, and they really they keep it to like a word of mouth passing down kind of thing. That makes sense. Yeah, to preserve preserve their practices and their customs, right. Um, I found this article on Vice where it was this lady, um, well, the author, she said that the title of the article was I converted from Christianity to an ancient African um, religion. And it was Yoruba. Um, But she was basically, she didn't really fully convert. She's not like a priestess, but she was like talking about how she needed that grounding um, in Mm -hmm in the Yoruban practice in a basically she lost her dad and she just like felt kind of lost in terms of like faith and she found the she did a lot of research on the Yoruban Yoruban and it grounded her mm. and she really fell in love with it so I thought that was really interesting I, I want to do a whole that episode on on Yoruba European yes I agree I agree because I learned a lot in the African art history class and I made a post on Tumblr that got a lot of traction about like how they view their ancestors and like the ancestral plane. And so I I was going to say that's probably why that lady felt such a connection because of how. uh, Right. But how how they view the afterlife. Yeah, she did say exactly that in the article. Exactly. Whenever we make uh, that podcast, I'll gladly make like a post where I'm going to see like summarizing and maybe like a graphic post of what I and the research that I found uh that I made that post on Tumblr about and it's really interesting because there are apparently there's like your Reuben priests and priests priestesses on Tumblr 
And like some of them reached out to me and like, you know, they talked to me about it and they were like, you know, thank you for doing this, for educating. They like fixed some things from what I've learned and like gave me information and stuff. Like, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Their their practice is super, super intriguing and they're very open to like educating people. I love that. On on their their religion yeah Yeah. i'm sure i could probably reach out to that person as i was looking into it i was like oh this is very like in-depth and very interesting it's very like i I wasn't expecting to find such an intact (laughs) uh (laughs) african religion i think there's other ones that are intact i think the urban one is the one that's mostly I guess maybe mostly practice probably because of like the African diaspora and I it's like it's a, widespread. Uh, yeah, I think it's just because that area is where a lot of slaves were taken from. That you know. Yes. That yeah. West. Yeah. Nigeria, Ghana, Benin, all yes. that old Togo. Yeah. Yeah. Up and down that yeah. coast. So I think that has a lot. Yeah. To do unfortunately. Hmm. Um. Do you have family members that practice the? Uh, trinidadian no i actually didn't even know that it existed until i did this oh. research. i was i saw trinidad it's a big i said they got a version too i didn't even know that <laughs> i was so surprised that's so interesting <laughs> please no. do more research and tell me about it yeah. if you find it like specifically about them I, I, and I mean, their i can see its influence in a lot of the stuff that we do in terms of our celebrations and whatnot um mm-hmm. and, and kind of like just random superstitious things that we tell each other but not mm-hmm. in like a formal practice i haven't seen it um mm-hmm. in terms of anyone that i in, in my family so but mm-hmm. i would love That's... i would totally look into that um please do some some fun facts about ushur um i call them fun facts but you know this is like things that you would need to know if you were trying to like reach out to her in any type of way her favorite thing to eat is honey um Mm. she her honey's pretty good her colors are gold she loves gold and her so her colors are yellow gold coral amber and she's apparently Mm. associated with the number five i hathor is associated with the number four and her color is red and she even has her own medals uh that she associates with are gold and copper. Oh, very nice. I like copper. Um, it's really I've really been I've really been diving in into a little bit of copper lately. Uh, she really loves copper and gold. Yes, I love gold. She really loves sunflowers, oranges, and cinnamon as well. And she's often uh, interpreted as carrying around a mirror so that she can admire her beauty. Sounds like a Leo to me. Mm-hmm. sounds like a leo to me as well (laughs) very much especially like with our color correspondences too yeah sounds very much like someone i know (laughs) a sabia sounds very fiery i'm just saying um does she have gemstones hathor has gemstones she has turquoise i didn't see any gemstones but i mean she might maybe I think she, uh, from what I can remember, I think Hathor has turquoise because either Dendera or some other place in Egypt where she's worshipped is like turquoise is like their thing. Mm-hmm. That's like how she became associated with turquoise, but I could be wrong. I didn't write down what the origin of turquoise in her, unfortunately. 
But from what I can remember, I think that was it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't find any gemstones in my research, but I mean, she probably has, she probably has something, but I don't know. (laughs) Amber. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe it's amber. Maybe it's amber. I see that as a, yeah, whatever. It's a stone and a color. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe. That's a possibility. Um, so yeah, so her sacred, you know, town, land is, uh, Oshogbo in Nigeria. And it's a kid, it's supposed to be protected by her because Mm. she's given them, it is close to a river and she's said to have given the people permission to build a city there. And she promised to like provide for them with that river. So they have like a, a a very strong connection with her, and they have a festival that is still practiced to this day by the Yoruba people. Um, but today it's also about a lot of also a lot of other um, Orishas. But at the climax of the festival, they celebrate Osho, mm. and then I was like, "That's awesome." So she has a sacred, and she also has a sacred grove within the river. Ooh. It has a bunch of shrines in honor of her in this town. So shrines are like, beautiful. That's nice. Yeah, shrines are gorgeous. Yeah. I, I would love to see see it if I can ever travel again. But that's the story. One day. For another day. One day. <laughs> if it ever happens. Will it? I don't know. Um, there was one other thing I was supposed to bring up. Let me see. Anything else that I might have missed? Oh, one little tidbit. I think I think I kind of mentioned this earlier when I stated that she was like most well known. There apparently there were more temples in Hathor's honor than any other ancient Egyptian goddess. Oh wow. Yeah, she was a she favorite. Was like, yeah, she was like the number one. Oh yes, I found it. Yes, yes. Okay, found it. So this is also on this that same Vice article that I was talking about earlier. Um, basically, she was just saying she was just pointing out. I love that she pointed this out, and I want to point it out on the show. She says that there are many young people today exploring and spreading the faith, uh, Yoruba. Um. There's a French-Cuban electronic soul duo called Ibi that sing in the Yoruba language and use other Orisha um, allegories in their songs. Then she says mm-hmm. Princess Nokia raps regularly about her Orisha altars. And there's a DC group, base group named Ushun, and they're named after the, you know, Ushun. Um, and they depict her in... Uh, their music videos and just in like how they present themselves lots of sunflowers in yellow and I was like that's really nice (laughs) that is nice but I wonder if that causes like a problem where like worshipping these deities and like practicing Yoruban religion and like customs and stuff where it becomes something for like clout and is like a trend like i wonder if that mm. is if that could be something negative i don't think so to doing things like that because i think it's no. just like how they practice 
I think that's it's true. Just I guess I just have to be careful because, it, like I said, it is a close practice. So mm-hmm. if they didn't like you know go through the priests and whatever, they can't claim to be like uh, a part of the religion technically. So you just have to find different ways to practice, and I can understand taking up a a certain liking to a um a goddess or a deity and then trying to like invoke them through your mm. through yourself like through your everyday so mm-hmm. for them it's the music and i think that's nice as long as they you know um are respectful and you know don't do it just like and not knowing i'm sure they obviously know because they have many videos about like Oshu and, and like why they chose to mm-hmm. um to invoke her in this way. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like it's a it's one of those for clout things. Yeah. I just worry about like the people that listen to it if they're gonna start doing it for that, you know, for a trend. I think you just have to be careful. Well that's what that's what the, they have to be. I don't think it's not it's not I think it's more of like the responsibility of the group to make sure mm-hmm. that they educate people that listen to their music about what they should, how they should pop properly invoke Oshun. That, that, that's their like responsibility at this point. If they want to take it upon them, then they should also True. take it upon themselves to make sure that other people know <laughs> that they should not do and, certain yeah. things. <laughs> Yeah, and do it properly, and not do it in like a appropriating. But it's yeah. like a, it's like a, it's unavoidable, especially in the world we live in. Because at, in the same yeah. way, you could say that that it was the the way Beyonce invoked her in "Hold Up" mm. was exactly that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But it was cool. I, it's like a lot, of, just a lot of modern, modern ways. It's we live in a weird world. It's an information age, and it's an information mm-hmm. age that is also every people can't retain certain things. You can't retain people's attention, so we're having mm-hmm. problems with people reading headlines and not articles. <laughs> yeah you're right you can't you That's can't fair. stop somebody from just reading something a little bit and then making the rest of it up <laughs> they That's should true. do their research thoroughly but they won't <laughs> and i'm not i'm no i don't want to be responsible for anybody else but myself so. <laughs> true that is very that was a very interesting tidbit to know yeah but um yeah she's very popular i can't believe it took me this long to google her quite honestly <laughs> she's pretty awesome she's she is pretty awesome there's another story on I'll- vice from a different girl who is a part of the religion her who has been invoked as like a priestess like she went to nigeria to uh, do part of her initiation with um what they when they called the called the elders are called the babalawo that's mm-hmm. the yeah. the male elders and the female elders are ayalao lawo mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. so she did her thing and she like went to 
a high priest when she was 20 to receive her guardian and she got Ushun. She was like very excited. She was like, I was secretly oh. hoping I would get Ushun. <laughs> I was like, this is That's really, awesome. This is very millennial. <laughs> I can imagine her being like, <laughs> like, oh my God, please, Ushun, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> please, please bless me. Please pick. So, That's so cool though. Yeah. Did you find anything else? No, I think I that's the bulk of it. I found everything. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think we we both dive deep into these two goddesses pretty well. We like basically explain who they are and what they represent yeah. pretty well. Which was exciting. I like I like both of them. They're both pretty awesome in their own way. They're both like badass. Yeah, and have a lot of power. I feel like they're pretty similar. Female too. goddesses don't get a lot of credit most of the time for how badass they are. Like, I know they like to bury them in their sensuality and their femininity. But I'm like, yo, I agree. These ladies are crazy. They're crazy powerful, man. <laughs> yeah, Ocean basically single-handedly made life. <laughs> <laughs> Hathor can kill you and help you go to the afterlife. Don't she fuck her up. <laughs> she can do both. Hey, stop both. sleeping. Stop sleeping on these female goddesses and, and deities. <laughs> we should definitely future episodes dive into other gods and goddesses. Yeah, and then we different should totally aspects. Um, yes, and please. And like many different forms of the afterlife. I just want to do all the forms of the afterlife in general. Like, so many afterlife questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. A lot. The underworld, the duat. I can't think of other ones right now, but there's a lot. Well, there's like reincarnation, and then there's the astral, mm-hmm. ancestral plane. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be our next episode. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. We. I mean, I'm not gonna commit to anything. <laughs> no, you guys will just have to find out what the next episode is when we drop it. Yeah, we have an element of surprise. <laughs> oh my god, this is what I was gonna mention. <laughs> oh, I was gonna mention this earlier, and I was like, wait, I have to wait till we start recording. So I was watching American Gods with um my boyfriend with Matt, mm-hmm. and um. Literally after we did the Faye episode, we were watching the next episode. We were on season one. So it was like season one, episode seven. And it was all about, there's like a leprechaun in the show. His name is mm-hmm. uh, Mad Sweeney. And mm-hmm. and basically it was like his origin story for the show. And it was like, it followed, but it was basically about the Faye. But it was mostly focused on like the leprechaun. But they said mm-hmm. Faye, like, fair folk multiple times throughout the origin story and it was so cute like she would like leave breadcrumbs and like pour milk and like told the stories about like all the different forms of the fae but it was just like it was just interesting because like it was a very long origin story where basically this woman uh was taught from young that she should have a nice good standing relationship with the fae folk so she mm-hmm. left out crumbs. She no matter what she whenever she ate, she would always leave something for them, right? And then she started mm-hmm. to, you know, take the blessings, but then she started to forget to to leave something out for them. So her her luck turned very quickly, 
and then she remembered them again and started to build her relationship with them again and then then didn't forget and then at the end um the leprechaun uh mad sweeney finally revealed himself to her as an older lady and was like well you know thanks for everything <laughs> what a weird coincidence that that I came up like, after wow, we recorded the episode i actually understand this <laughs> that's like a weird coincidence it's a synchronicity mm-hmm. but, the universe is like you talked about it here you go <laughs> yeah i think and i think they might actually bring oshun in the newest season of american gods i think i heard that somewhere but i'm not positive because i'm on season one and that's season three but i'm pretty sure i read that somewhere Mm, I haven't watched American Gods. I gotta check it out. It's very confusing, to be quite honest. The first season 